Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me, we got David. The horror version. The one and only. Also known as Nightly, and the other in there, we got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film. That's also Nighty Nights, sorry. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's night with a what? Hey, hey. <laughs> 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 My pleasure on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. You guys probably can't even tell. We are recording this pretty late, <laughs> but we have so much energy right now, which is yeah. good. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. the energy. Wow, that was a good woohoo. That was wow. a good woohoo. That was a good woohoo. <laughs> Keep that woohoo going <laughs> with a shout out to our patrons who've been making this show completely amazing. Thank y'all. Seriously, we couldn't do this without you. Couldn't keep the lights on without you. Couldn't keep the neon light sign without you. And by you, I mean Patrick, uh, Willow, Taylor, Jessica, Sloan. I changed the name this time. I got it right. Sloan, Sandy, Jared, Jasmine, Chantel, Rio, Mark, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, Eric, Day, Freddie. Thank you, Freddie. Hey. We appreciate you, Freddie. <laughs> My grandma, Yvonne, and my mom, Lola. Thank Thank y'all so much for being able to keep the lights on in here. This is so nice. Yes. (laughs) Claps all around for our patrons. No, seriously, I hope you guys are enjoying the early content um, and the post shows. Uh, We are trying to add more. So we're trying to do a little bit more on there. So stay tuned for that. Keeping things going to end (laughs) our month off for Death Trip. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> our vacation horror month we're ending things off with Midsommar first and foremost gentlemen thoughts a first time watch for both of you oh very you true you haven't seen this I know. Freddy hasn't seen it I've seen a lot of key scenes but not the actual movie Interesting. all the way through I thought I'd be the only virgin here no nah. no nah. nah, we got two of them wow. <laughs> I just dipped my toes beforehand but that's it <laughs> I don't know if it's called dipping your this, toes. I think you dipped something else. <laughs> but this time it fully took me, so. <laughs> Whoa. I'm in. So, Freddie, thoughts? Um, I love this movie. Yeah. I think it's um, one of the best movies I've seen in recent times, wow. to be honest. I was kind of shocked because I knew it was going to be a very slow burn. I knew it was going to be kind of like artistic and like, you know, one of those art house films. Yeah, totally. Mixed in with like horror elements, but it's not going to be really horror Ask as much as I thought it was going to be, and I still have that same ideology. I don't think it's like too much horror in it. There's a lot of horrific scenes that do happen, a lot of scary imagery as yeah. well. But it's actually a really kind of a beautiful story of like what we always talk about, is like catharsis, right? Of like following her journey through her own like mental illness and all of her fears and all of her anxiety. And it's a movie really about like control. And throughout this movie, you kind of feel like it's a very drug-induced journey that you go through as a viewer. And all of the characters are literally drugged throughout their entire experience at this Midsommar event where it kind of takes away their control of what they can actually do there as well. 
Rad. I feel like that's a big part of this movie. And I was like, damn, there's a lot of layers to it. Mm-hmm. And of course, we'll break it down as best as we can. But I'm sure <laughs> we're going to miss a lot of stuff because I feel Props. like it's very detailed. Yeah. Nice Although I've seen this movie so many times. Yes. <laughs> well, run time is what? Two and that. a half hours? Yeah. So, right. okay. So we saw a specific version that I think Prince said was shorter. Right. So we, so just for clarification for everybody, we watched the theatrical version, not the director's cut because the director's cut is almost three hours, like just shy under three hours. Yeah. Um, and I personally didn't want to write that much. And on top of that, <laughs> you can only rent the director's cut on, um, iTunes, I believe. Um, and I own it and I own the A24. Um, Blu-ray set as well, which nice. holy shit, that thing is massive. It's like probably the size of that Hereditary, but no, probably that outside book right there. But anyway, um, yeah. So we watched the theatrical version. So yeah, nice. Yeah, I can't hang. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna piss a lot of people off. Not my type of film. It's definitely an A24 film. Definitely. Yeah, I know okay, this is a very sure. popular movie, but uh, I can't wait to get schooled. Because I know I'm gonna, I've missed a lot, and I'll explain how I felt throughout this. And I think it's very indicative of how you're supposed to feel. I felt a lot of anxiety throughout this film, and As rightfully you should. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the point. Try watching it in theaters twice. Um, yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, as someone that suffers from anxiety, it's not fun. Uh, no. My anxiety comes from uh, the potentiality of what others can do around me that I have no control over. Yeah. And that's what this film is it, all about. It's funny because that's exactly how I felt, but I saw it like the other way. It's like, oh, I can relate to this film. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I, this is going to sound super corny and basic, and I'm sure everyone says this statement, but like it lately I've in, in recent year or years, I've realized that um, I get a lot of anxiety from not like trusting people around me, whether it's people I know or don't know. And everyone says that, right? Everyone says, I got trust issues. Right? Yeah. That's, that's a typical statement. But I don't like um, when I see scenarios, either, either myself or other people being like imposed to like do things that they're unaware of or are unfamiliar with. And that's what this film is all about, right? <laughs> um, and I also have. <laughs> a problem with people telling others to do something without an explanation. Yeah. And again, this is what this film's all about. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't watching this and being like, I hate this, right? Like, sure. I watched it for the ride. I was excited to watch it because I wanted to know what the whole the hubbub was about. Sure. And I'm happy I watched it. It's definitely, and this is also going to be a very obvious statement, but it gave me the same feelings as when I watched Hereditary, right? And of course, um, there's a lot of moments that uh are just gruesome sure and it's more so like damn i can't believe i watched that but you have moments where there's deaths that i think this film does really well where it's like there isn't a big sound effect behind it or like a big like impactful moment it's just like no strings playing exactly it's just like boop yeah it's just like and i'm like all right we're there we see that i'm like damn that's gnarly and it's beautiful you even say that because like it was kind of like normalizing death which yeah. that's what this whole cult did. Yeah. They just normalized death. Like they saw death completely different than the way totally. we see death. Totally. Uh, it's scary. <laughs> so it does the job, right? Yeah. Again, uh, I think this is a good movie. I think it's a good film. I yeah. think uh, very well done. Yeah. I think it's very well done. Uh, I think it's very impactful. And I think that's the point. Yeah. Um, it made me feel icky. And that's also the point. <laughs> uh, so it did its job. Yeah. Um, would I watch it again? Probably not. Am I happy I watched it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm ready to get school because the whole time I was watching this, I was like, 
man, if I watch this again, there'll be so many moments where I'll be like, holy shit, that's genius, <laughs> right? So I'm ready to get schooled. Awesome, awesome. I love this movie. I think I this movie that. is fantastic. Um, do I think it's better than Hereditary? To me, they're oranges and apples. Definitely, um, yeah. They're just very different from each other, so I typically don't compare the two. Mm-hmm. Hereditary, I 100% view as a horror movie. As of this, I view this as a fairy tale. And this feels like a grim fairy tale in my, in my eyes. I, I don't really picture this as a horror film okay. um, proper. But with that being said, I prefer to watch Hereditary a little bit more because... I, I like the thrill and the excitement and then Tony Collette fucking ridiculously steals that whole movie for me. But yeah. with this movie, like it is something about it that just feels oddly whimsical. It does. And it is so weird to even say that because it's like it, it shouldn't like people are dying around us and things like that. But yet it feels so normal that like we accept it. Mm hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of all of this in this movie, where I, I even call Florence Pugh specifically in this movie um, as Queen Catharsis, because she mm. she has this ultimate catharsis that I have never seen before on screen. And it's just, it, it's felt, it's, it's warm, and it's oddly sadistic, <laughs> but at the same time, you feel for her whole environment and i am ready to to school you <laughs> yeah. i am ready to take you to school, to school because this, i'm sure there's a lot of people just like holding their foreheads after no everything I just no said. there's a lot no, of people no, no, no. who actually very much dislike this movie oh, okay. yeah like the, and i know people who literally hate this movie oh, okay. um and they have great reasons to not like it so i'm and same thing goes for me where people who know me online i don't like the witch and I don't like the lighthouse and I don't like it follows and things like that. But with, sorry, Freddie, but with, with that, it, you know, I, I have my reasons behind me not liking it. And it's not the fact that I don't recognize it as it being a good movie. Um, and there's That's a, a good statement to make. Right. Cause I, I feel the same. Yeah. yeah. Like you, it, it, it's just not for you exactly. and that's totally fine. And who knows after that's, this conversation, it might be yeah. for you. <laughs> and that's very much why I said like, I can't hang in the beginning of my like thoughts. Yeah. Because like, don't get me wrong. I think hereditary is fucking awesome and it scares me, but that's very much on the teeter totter edge of like, I can't hang. And I know yeah. we're not talking about hereditary, Sure, but like, I feel like midsummer for me just took it to the next level. Like, nope. Like I just, I'm, Icky. <laughs> yeah, no, that's completely fair. But let, let's go ahead and jump straight up into this. Midsommar, directed by Ariaster, released July 3rd of 2019, which I did see, not opening night, um, but I wanted to watch this specifically in the day because the whole movie was filmed in the yeah. day. Right. So I made sure to go to the movie theaters in the daytime nice. specifically for that. Um, with a runtime of two hours and 27 minutes and a budget of $9 million with a box office oh. of $47.9 million. Damn, made money. It did. With a rating of 87% on Rotten okay. Tomatoes. I thought it'd be higher from everything I've heard about this movie. Yeah, I, I I think even Hereditary was in the eighties as well. Okay, yeah. I think about it. I'm not too surprised. I thought it would be a lot higher too. Really, yeah. really. Oh. Well, okay. Not I to think give that too score's much context, perfect. But after I saw this movie, I was like, I'm surprised it was not nominated for Best Picture. Oh, that's were my you also surprised that it. Florence Pugh did not get also nominated for this, but instead she got nominated for Little Women. I'm still bitter about it. We open to a Swedish <laughs> painting that shows the entirety of the film. 
I love it. That's true. Yeah. Shows the entirety That's, of the film. It's very right pretty. There. It's beautiful. Love that. It's school. gorgeous. The painting opens up to show us a snowy and damp forest landscape, a woman singing in Swedish as it flashes between settings of the snow, abruptly stopping to a phone ringing and it cutting to answer to an answer machine of the artists. It beeps for them to leave a message. Their daughter, Danny, is leaving them a message um, of her checking in because she received an email from her sister, Terry. She continues asking them to call her back because she's worried. Meanwhile, the camera continues moving, showing some photos of the family and Danny's parents asleep in bed, breathing slowly. Cut to Danny uh, finishing her message and hanging up her call. She sits down at the computer, reading the email from her sister once again. Terry messaging, quote, I can't anymore. Everything's black. Mom and dad are coming too. Goodbye. End quote. And I actually want to pinpoint something here. Mm. I actually love the whole concept of her email setup because it's an academic newsletter, a networking email, and then there's also uh, two links that Terry sent her as well, two YouTube links that I actually looked up. Oh, so I looked up both of these wow. YouTube links, um, and with the the whole aspect of the academic letters, first and foremost, the trip by itself is because it's an academic trip. Yeah, they want to and, create a thesis. And, exactly. Yeah. Two of them, technically, um, when Mark is just there to hang out. Um, and the networking email, I mean, literally, you're going to a place meeting new people. Yeah. So, like, I, I was, I thought that was just perfectly executed. But I looked up those, both of those links, and the links actually lead to two Nat Geo videos. And one is of a calm river in Yellowstone, and the other is a video of in, of a guy in space and how your body doesn't know when it's day or night anymore when you're in space. Oh, oh that's, <laughs> that's awesome. I love, I love the attention to detail. Yeah. yeah. I had to look it up because I was like, there is a fucking reason why there's two YouTube links in here. Yeah. Like, I have to look these up. That's so, sad. Yeah. Danny has sent her multiple messages, but she has, hasn't gotten a response back. She grabs her phone, hovering her finger over her boyfriend, Christian, um, she ponders for a moment, then calls him. He answers, holding back tears. She asks what he's up to. He tells her he finished smoking some weed and he was about to eat some pizza. Sounds like a good night. She asks him if they were still going to hang out later. He's confused if they have plans, but he agrees to come by. With a sharp exhale, Christian asks about Terry. Tears falling down her face, Danny shares that she hasn't received a, a response to any of her emails, but she actually does this to where she kind of holds back her shutters right to where she doesn't really cry she's just tears falling and she's trying to hold all that back so it doesn't come off in her voice yeah she's doing that right yeah, yeah. just like suck it in yeah. suck it down <laughs> she's fine <laughs> he comments that um he comments that excuse me he comments that it is fine and she does this every day every other day because she allows terry to do so wow cool thing to say man just a fucking lovely thing to say your, to your girlfriend. She gets defensive, reminding him that Terry is bipolar. They begin having an argument about her sister's condition. Danny gives in, claiming that he's right and that she needed to be reminded, then commenting that she's very lucky to have him. 
the toxicity from the start. Right. But I almost had this in our toxic relationship month, as you guys probably have remembered. Oh, um, but I took right. it off of the list. Perfect. perfect. Oh yeah, it fit perfectly for it. But this, I, this is a death trip. This is a death trip. Like, <laughs> I mean, this just come on. I had plans. Uh, she tells him that she loves him. He sharply exhales as he repeats it back. They give their goodbyes. Cut to Danny on the phone with her friend, crying about her relationship with Christian and how she feels like he no longer wants to be with her. She pops some of her meds at a van while continue, continuing her conversation. I also looked this up as well. Anxiety um, medicine? Um, what? Is it anxiety medicine? Um, no. What is it? Um, I was curious. It, it was for... Actually, I forgot what it was for. I Damn. wrote down the side effects. Um, Check back in the Because the side effects actually... Yeah, seriously. <laughs> side effects um, actually were more interesting. Can cause paranoia, paranoia or suicidal ideation and impair memory, judgment, and coordination. It is also take... Uh, it is also take... Oh, it's taken for seizures. It's for epilepsy. Oh, okay. Um, but yes. So... Interesting. Continuing her conversation, not agreeing that he should leave because of her leaning too far, she writes another reply to her sister, explaining how worried she is. While she is talking to her friend, she receives a call from her unknown, from an unknown caller. Meanwhile, Christian and his friends, Mark, Josh, and Pele, are eating pizza, Mark commenting about Christian needing to pull the trigger and end it with Danny. Mark is the fucking epitome of a toxic male right now, yeah. <laughs> who thinks that um, with his dick, telling Christian <laughs> that he will find a, a woman that actually would like to have sex with him and that um, he's been wanting out of this relationship for a year. So that also gives us context that he's been in this for a while. Yeah, right? he's been unhappy with the relationship for a year. Right. Yeah. Their other friend, Josh, chimes in um, if he's if he's in this dramatic relationship to avoid his work for grad school. Christian is offended, but brushes it off. <laughs> a waitress, bro, Josh had like zero chill with him. He was like, I don't got any fucking time for you, Christian. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> a waitress comes over to take the money off the table, flirtatiously staring at Christian as he, as he allows her to keep the tip. Mark uses the waitress as his case in point. Pele chiming in about the Swedish women on, the, on their trip in June. Christian's phone is ringing Mark, annoyed that Danny is calling again. Uh, he leaves the table, but Mark won't let him leave off of his side, so he has yeah. to go around the other side. He leaves from the table to answer the phone. Danny is hysterically sobbing as she continues repeating, no, this fucking breaks my heart. And yeah. it is flawlessly executed. Yes. God I damn it. Agree. I don't know how Ari Aster pulls these fucking performances out of people. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What do you Haunting. tell them yeah. to make them feel this way so yeah i was gonna bring this up but since we're talking about it now i'll say it. the moment that follows this you know this along with the next scene not the scene with the firefighters mm -hmm. but that is the scariest part in the entire film to me yeah because there's there's a very distinct feeling and sound when you hear mm. someone cry over realizing they've lost someone it's very specific and I've been in multiple relationships where I've had to be the comforter, the comfort, the support. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking. And uh, it's hard. Yeah. And because like you literally don't know what to do. Yeah. And there's nothing you really can do. Right. You can be there, but it's not it's really not going to fix anything. And yeah. it's the the scene that we'll jump to. I don't want to get too in detail about it, but it's mm -hmm. this, this uh, the scene where Danny and Christian are just like sitting on a couch. Yeah. yeah, and that shit fucking like 
Oh my god! Uh, it breaks you, rips you, just breaks you. Yeah. The, the cinematography in it with the symmetrical shot with the rag zoom feels very indicative of like how her body language. Feel, yeah, yeah, feeling an out of body experience or just being in shock, and it's just so well done. Yeah, but scariest part of the whole film for me. Completely fair. Jump to the firefighters turning off the cars in Danny's parents' garage. Hoses taped to the tailpipes leading to Danny's parents' and sister's room. The firefighters go through the taped doors of the parents, both dead, moving to their bodies, moving both their bodies out. We see Terry dead on the floor, the hose taped to her mouth as she is completely covered with vomit. Her computer having four new messages from Danny. Yeah. That is fucked. It is fucked. That is fucked. Christian is trying his best to console Danny as she continues to hysterically and heartbreakingly cry into his lap. It's fucking visceral. Dude, and then this moment. Title card. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> honestly, I was like really like in my head. And then they were like, and then I was like, oh, that's a good transition. Right. Wow. I got to give it to them. Yeah. No, it's fucking <laughs> gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Now, Summer. Danny's soaking in bed. And a few things I actually would like to point out here. The bear in the princess picture, the most obvious one, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Midsummer, her being May Queen, very, very obvious. But the plants on the left side of the room, mm-hmm. they're dead. Mm-hmm. So it just gives you an, an, a, a better look as to how her condition actually is. Yeah. She's, she's depressed. She's not yeah. caring about the things Nothing. around her. Yeah. It's the middle of... I guess at this point it's the evening. It's gonna. It's like late it, afternoon. It's late afternoon. He's uh, Christian's about to go to a party, right? And, and I she's was still very, in bed. You know, yeah. What? yeah. And I was very confused. I was uh, unsure of the time frame that had passed, but we went from snow to summer, right. and yeah. now I'm putting it two and two together. So time has passed, right? Yeah. And she's she's in a depressive state. Yeah. And that makes more sense why Christian was like, hey, "I'm gonna go to that party for a little bit." I thought it was the very next day. <laughs> but that's me being used to Bay Area weather, right? Oh, like sure, sure, sure. One day and the next day <laughs> no, that's like fair. 72. <laughs> that, that makes sense. A knock on the door from Christian asking how asking her how she's feeling. She turns over to face him sitting on the bed. She asks where uh, where he's headed. He whispers that he is going to go to a party for about 45 minutes and for her to just keep sleeping. She brightens up the courage that she that she will also come with him, adding that she wasn't sleeping anyway. At the party, a conversation is faded in the background, someone asking Josh about his upcoming trip to Europe for his thesis. Pele mentioning that they all are, are coming to his hometown in Sweden. Danny ter- uh, turns her attention towards them, shocked from what she's hearing. She glances over at Christian, who doesn't say a word to her about it. He, he kind of like sighs at her like, oh shit, why is the Fuck Pele. Come on, yeah. God damn it. They continue their conversation. Danny asking where they where they are all where they are all planning on leaving, uh, or when they are all planning on leaving. Christian plays dumb, claiming that they were thinking about it and that he probably isn't going to go anyway. Awkward. Cut to Danny and Christian in the backseat of a car, silent towards each other, and Danny with a face of frustration. They make it back to her place. Christian sitting down at the desk of his computer, Danny still standing by the door. He asks her if she's okay. She tells him that she is fine, but the conversation about the trip was weird. She tells him that she didn't know. Christian claims that he told her that he wanted to go. She reluctantly agrees, but says that they that she didn't know he was going. He tells her that he just decided today and that he wasn't keeping it keeping it away from her. But he already has a ticket. He's uh, questions an apology. He's like, "Sorry, dude. Yes. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, you yeah. literally." You bought a ticket to go to Sweden and you didn't tell your girlfriend who's literally sulking in her bed earlier in the afternoon. Yeah. Because her parents died a few months ago. Yeah. 
Come on. He's and her sister. Yeah. Her family. He's definitely fucked up. I also think uh I also think that Danny is like she spoke on the phone with a friend back in winter. Uh has emotionally attached herself to Christian and they're not happy, but uh mm. she's using him as a support uh pillar, right? Yeah. Um he's a beam. Yeah, and it sucks because it's not Danny's fault right. because she's faced with extreme trauma. But I mean, and think if we were to also point this in Christian's position as well, they're obviously both not happy with each yeah, other. Exactly. And exactly. Christian also feels stuck because her parents died. Right. And I her can't sister break up with her because of this. Right. I've been in this situation. Just, oh, have I was you? Literally going to break up with a girl, and they had she had an immediate death. Oh, like, shit. Within a couple of days of me doing it. And then I I know Christian is a shitty ass character and he fucking sucks. Like I agree. Yeah, he does. But I've been <laughs> I've been there, bro. Right. Like straight up. Like Yeah, like you, I was you, in the relationship for like another two years because of like that sudden death. Oh, and wow. it fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. And then you can tell they both didn't know how to break things off with each other. Yeah. Because for her, she was she wanted the comfort. She wanted family. Right. Well, she pretty much. She wanted acceptance. Right. Yeah. She, yeah. Exactly. Anything to cope the pain. And again, right. that's fucking traumatizing. Like you lost your family, and, and in a gruesome way too. Absolutely. And even prior to that, yeah. her sister having bipolar, yeah, and dude. you know, she didn't want to have to deal with all of this completely alone. She wanted some type of support. Yeah. And you know, Christian, he was the person to be there for her. In her eyes, even though right. he technically he wasn't, wasn't there. there. Yeah. Yeah. He just was like, mm. rather him than nobody. Ooh. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how she definitely saw it. They start arguing about him leaving to Sweden for a month and a half. He suggests that they should go back to his, that he should go back to his place. But she stops him, telling him that she is just, she's just trying to understand, stopping, trying to like calm the argument down. He tries to leave again, but she stops him again, telling him that she's she isn't trying to attack him. Christian comments that it feels like she is. She tries to have him sit. Um, she tries to have him sit with her at the love seat, but he tells her to stop. She continues that she wants that she thinks it is great that he is going to Sweden, switching the question to him going for his thesis. And she like just tries to completely just switch it to just be something that she thinks he would like to hear kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. He paces around the room, telling her that he doesn't know what his thesis is. Continuing to try to ease the conversation, Danny tells him that uh, this could be inspiring for his thesis, but he doesn't answer back. Cut to Christian with his group with his group of friends. He receives a text message from Danny coming up uh, to to their place, and he truly just like doesn't care. Yeah, he fucking sucks. Like he just doesn't care because he's just like, I'm gonna get Danny, and they're like, Should we clean this up? No, nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> he buzzes her up and he tells the guys that he invited Danny to Sweden but claims that she isn't coming. They are trying to understand, but Christian reiterates with more detail. Danny knocks on the door, greeting everyone awkwardly. They ask her if she's coming to Sweden and she guesses so, but doesn't want to mess up any of their plans. Mark calls Christian to speak with him for a moment using, quote, a paragraph, end quote, as an, ex- as an excuse. In the other room. <laughs> in the other room. <laughs> they leave to the next room. Danny's sitting and speaking with Pele. And I love how Pele is actually stoked. Yeah, he like, yeah. He, He's stoked because he's just like, huh. There's just another person to come with. Right. Perfect. Well, actually, I don't even think of it that way. I think he, he literally he, genuinely happy. saw it as since her parents and her sister died. That she could benefit she from could, this. Exactly. 
she like he literally genuinely th- saw her as like you belong in my family now right yeah. because he has that same perspective as her it's like oh i never had a family i right. found these guys. exactly well, like he was also an orphan yeah we also have to remember there's no malice behind it i think when no. it comes to him like he's Not like at all. he has that let different me... perspective of like yeah. oh death for me is a whole different thing yeah, he's like right. i can help her through this my friends yeah to my home yeah and show them our customs and right our culture right? like i genuinely think he didn't have malice with any of them i don't think so either yeah like i don't think that was the genuine plan it to begin with it just those were the series of events but knowing that series of events requires some sacrifice on the newcomers he had that in mind as well well not quite that 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 wasn't necessarily said it was it was more so to bring bring life to the crops and they disrespected that so every single person who were there all disrespected some piece of it, right? That's fair. Yeah. So nobody died because they were just there to die. I thought they had to have sacrifices of newcomers. Mm-mm. Is that what they say at the end? No. I thought so too. Not yeah. necessarily sacrifices of newcomers. It was it was more so. I thought it was supposed to be like half and half, but I, I mean, it, 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 that so okay. This is this is how it goes. Real really quick. It doesn't happen every single year. 90 years. 90, 90 years. Yeah. Exactly. So every 90 years, that's when they have to do this type of sacrificial thing. Now, them being the newcomers, everybody brought someone. Oh. Like, you, they, he met up with his actual brother, quote unquote, um, and there were multiple people around that in that field who all had someone to bring. Mm. So these were all, everybody has one. So they technically didn't have to be the ones who were sacrificed. Oh, damn. They I just think it was just the fact that, <laughs> yeah, they fucked them over yeah. in a way to where they use them like, all right, now we have probable cause in our eyes. Damn. So, but yeah, I, I think Christian for sure. Once the series of things started happening, I think Christian for sure was like, all right, yeah, we're going to fucking, we're going to kill you kind of thing. But yeah, I don't, I don't think he had malice for everyone. I don't think Mark and Josh and things like that. I don't, I don't think so. But anyway, they are having small talk about school and their majors. Josh gets up um, to heat up his mug in the microwave to avoid the awkward conversation. <laughs> Danny shares that they will be arriving to Sweden on her birthday. He shares a happy birthday to her. She gives her thanks, asking about um, the plans. Pele shares um, that his family is throwing a nine-day festival. Um, so interesting, and it's actually really interesting how he says Christian's name. He's like Christian. It's oh. just, it was, uh, like, and not her, not Pele, Danny. Like she's like Christian. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, That's she cool. says his name so interesting. Um, and I think I think it's because of her British accent. Uh, um, and it, I think it was trying. I think it was pushing out at that one point in time she asks about his community and him being part of the the commune he calls her over to take a look at some photos of his family dressed up in their village he flips up to a picture of last year's may queen looking at danny as she gazes at the photo sharing that he's happy that she's coming he then apologizes for her loss danny can't hold back her tears and excuses herself to go to the bathroom the camera jumping to danny sobbing in the plane's bathroom her trying to hold back sobs this is fucking beautiful just, this, this works perfectly. She goes back to her seat with Christian holding his hand. And uh, two questions that I have here. No in-flight entertainment while going to Sweden? <laughs> Goddamn, bro. Damn, that's, that's harsh. Trip. That's a long-ass trip. And also, if Christian already had his ticket, how'd she get a ticket right next to him? 
through that. Anyway, the plane <laughs> the plane rumbles as they prepare to descend. Jump to them driving in the car. Mark commenting about a group of women being attractive and asking what makes them what makes them more prettier. Josh educates him that Vikings um, pretty much forced attractive women there to mate with. Fair enough. Danny um, asks, uh, well, that's not fair. Danny asks how long uh, the drive is. Pele sharing that it's four extra hours. Mark complaining. He's so fucking annoying. Like, Mark is so annoying, but he's so funny to me. He is hilarious. He is so fucking <laughs> funny to me. I think he's a riot. I got to say, Will Poulter, gl- like, glowed up in comparison of... Uh, oh, hands down. We're the Millers. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I know we're the yeah, Millers. Not, like, bro, nerdy like, kid to this. And Maze Runner. And Maze like, Runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just like, I was like, all right, bro, actually looking... Decent. Kind of decent there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but William Jackson Harper... I was actually really, really stoked to even see him in this because he's from The Good Place. Yeah, I know. When I saw him, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, like, it, you know, and he fucking nailed this. It was he a does, completely yeah. different character, but at and the he same... he looks young, too. Right. Yeah. Like, I was just like, wow, he looks so much younger yeah. compared to how he does in The Good Place, but even in The Good Place, he doesn't look old. He, he doesn't. Like, he just looks they, in his they, like, nerd him up and, right. yeah, they make him, like you said, look like he's... Yeah, like, older. he looks like he's a dad. But yeah. in this, he looks like a student. Yeah. And I'm just like, totally. Damn, like a nerd transition. Yeah. yeah, like it works so well. They continue driving, the camera shifting upside down as they trek, flipping the flipping right side up when they pass the Helsingsland sign. Nailed it. They make it to a one stop. Sorry, everybody. They make it to the, uh, to the one stop, um, but they aren't quite at the village yet. And seriously, my apologies. I cannot say any of these Swedish words, so I'm not going to even try. Um, but I actually do love how the camera makes you feel slightly nauseated right? yeah. when it's flipping. It's literally showing that their world's about to be turned upside down. I think it's also yeah. to make the audience feel the nosh, the nosh, the nauseousness, oh the the nauseousness that yeah. they are also probably feeling. Yeah, totally. And things like that. So um, I thought that's just really incredible. Um, Pele is called over by a group of his friends from the village who are also returning from their trip. The crew heads over to them. Pele introducing everyone. Pele's brother Ingmar um, interrupts him by calling out, calling to him from afar. He goes over to hug his brother, and the rest of their friends follow. Pele introduces his friends to him. Ingmar introduces Simon and Connie. Ingmar offers them some shrooms, sharing that they um, took them only five minutes ago. They are stoked to take the drugs. Danny letting Christian know that she has to get her footing first. Christian pulls her away from the group stating that he will wait for her he tells her he tells the group mark uh, mark not happy with the decision to take it later danny quickly changes her mind claiming that she is ready ingmar offers her a tea um for a substitute christian tells her that to not let mark peer pressure her she snickers that he isn't and they all take their drugs cut to them completely tripping balls on the while sitting on a hill fucking fantastic bro mark asking for the time i gotta say i think because especially after watching the ruins man the moment when she looks at her hand there's grass oh, on the oh that my shit god fucked me up. i bet i bet yeah, <laughs> we you know about it in yeah episode. it's it's funny because like we were just talking about like your Picture phobia flesh, yeah oh exactly dude and like this has it yeah big time like this big has time. it like you know the f- there's moments where flowers are like pulsating and things like that like oh my gosh i felt icky yeah (laughs) Yeah, when i was was watching it again i was just like oh yeah i forgot about this (laughs) christian all of his friends to be honest they were all gaslighting her it's like oh yeah they all said you want to like oh you don't want to take it i hated that i felt so that's like you're you're forcing her to do drugs i mean josh control 
in in defense, Josh didn't really say anything because I think Josh genuinely does not give a fuck if they're there or not. Yeah, totally. Like Josh is like he got a one track mind. It's like I'm doing this for my thesis. Like I don't care. I don't even care if you guys are here because he was planning on going to England right after that. Yeah. Yeah. So Christian tells them that um, it is 9 p.m. Mark is confused since it is still daylight. Mark is freaking the fuck out. Christian and Pele um, working to calm him. Sort of. They're just like talking. They're like, hey, this is fine. <laughs> Another person um, is walking down the hill as he continues to lose his shit. Meanwhile, Danny is sitting there zoning out, Pele asking if they can feel the energy coming up from the earth. She looks down at her hand, grass sprouting through her hand, Pele telling them to look at the, at the trees, um, claiming that they are breathing. Their surrounding is, is now starting to pulsate, Danny feeling, feeling it but stops when she overhears Mark highly claiming that they are his family. Dude, yeah, when he said that, I'm like, no, bro. She stands up. A woman singing in the distance. Concerned, Christian asks if she's okay. With shuddering breath, she suggests to take a walk. Christian offers to walk with her, but she stammers that it is okay. He, As she is walking toward a crowd of people, they turn around and laugh at her. So this is what I mean. They're like, These yeah. are people that were technically, brought. yeah, they were brought there. It's um, interesting because I guess maybe they all wore the their their garb or what because I they wear like, they wear it when they when they get there. Got it because well for the the village's garb because right. I feel like the main crew they were no- wearing their normal clothes right. the whole time. It's just this group and then the two other couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or but they're just all. the only ones that didn't. And I'll, yeah, because Danny how, wears it eventually. Yeah, eventually. But even in moments where we see some like crazy stuff happen it's only it down like to the two the only ones that are freaking yeah. out yeah and i think i think that's for a reason as maybe well maybe they got a heads up yeah right. either they got a heads up or they didn't go okay so oh, i mean I guess, yeah. there's a lot of beds in there yeah. <laughs> uh, she goes the other direction continuing to try to talk herself out of her head while walking ingmar calls over to her she claims that the group of, of people were laughing at her he tells her that they weren't then offers for her to come meet his friends she tells him she tells him thank you but walks away to, the, to an outhouse she runs to it trying to convince her that she's okay inside the outhouse she lights a match seeing her dead sister in the mirror behind her Danny quickly looks behind her, back at herself as the drugs morph with her face. She runs out of the outhouse, screaming and running into the forest. And this is fucking magnificent. Dude, this whole entire sequence of her nuts going for that walk and leading her to like run out in the woods. What great acting on Florence's Pew's side. Beautiful. Because she carries so much emotion, so much like body language and everything to her face, to her like eyes tearing up. Yeah. It's, uh, it, like, it's so believable. This like, movie must have been so much weight for her to carry too. Yeah, yeah I feel like she would leave this like movie not. Well, I mean, I mean, state. emotionally, yeah. like, like I, I would feel like you would need fucking therapy after being in this role, right? Like, yeah. gosh, you know, uh, really good way to invoke a trip in a movie. Oh like, yeah, because I'm like, because a lot of movies have done it in in time in time and time again, and this one really felt. This one feels like a bad trip. Yeah. Like, like, this feels real like a bad trip. It gives you anxiety watching it, and you're right in the character's shoes. That that is true. Jump to her family sitting on the couch, her mom and dad asleep, Terry looking into the camera as as blue and red lights flash across the room. Christian wakes her up. Danny asks how long she was asleep for. He chuckles that they found her there six hours ago. Confused, she asks if it is the next day. Christian jokes that it is before... 
it is before helping her helping her up. She asks where where they are going. Pele letting her know that they came for for um, what they came for. They all are walking as a group toward the commune. While they are walking, Mark is freaking out about the bugs um, that are native to Sweden. They finally make it to the commune, walk, uh, walking underneath a sun-shaped sculpture with members playing on recorders and flutes as they walk through. It's beautiful. Like, this is actually just beautiful. The architecture, the yeah. scenery, the the way every everyone is greeting each other. And, and it's just really nice to look at. Danny is looking around as they are all being greeted and groups in groups. Uh, excuse me. And the group's bags are offered to be taken to uh to where they are, where they will be staying. Pele brings his sister over to introduce her to the group. Um, he greets um, he greets his father, Odd, hugging and covering and conversing in Swedish for a moment. He introduces his friends to Father Odd. Danny complimenting his garbs. Odd sharing the brief history as they wear as why he is wearing it. Josh adding his two cents on another culture doing something similar. Odd ignores it. He's just like yeah. he's just like like uh. What the fuck? Why are you even here? <laughs> then lets them know that they are uh, their host and to let them know if they need anything. He welcomes them with a t- he welcome he welcomes them with today being festivities and tomorrow the true ceremony begins. Music playing from afar. The village walking towards the pole and a group of elders that are sitting on stage. A woman named Siv begins speaking in Swedish. John asks if he can take pictures. Pele responding discreetly. She apologizes for speaking in Swedish and speaks and starts speaking in English, welcoming them and sharing a bit of the history and raises a toast for their nine day feast. Skull. <laughs> as they all clank and drink <laughs> they all repeated back from um, from taking excuse me they all repeated back before taking a drink briefly cut to a deformed man painting on a cloth now a lot of people had gripes about this about um i forgot what his name was but um i think his name was I, don't, I think it started with a B, but I, I'm, I'm blanking on what his name was but a lot of people had gripes about this but i think this makes a lot of sense yeah because of how they are a commune and Mm we learn later where christian asked about incest yeah so yeah so yeah so i'm i don't know i i think it's something that is i'm surprised to hear people had a gripe about it uh i think is it is it aster maybe i'm not sure um i don't i don't remember Oh, sorry. Excuse me. That's what am I saying? Um, yeah, Ruben, Ruben. I think that that sounds about right. That sounds about right to me. Um. Anyways, but, yeah. So I mean, because it's oh, you said Aster like yeah, Arias. Yeah. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm surprised people have grabs about it because I mean, I'm, I'm not fully knowledgeable on this, but I think it's trying to depict that it is a result of inbreeding, right? Right. And that's why yeah. the character is presented that way. Yeah, and I think I think some of the folks that that did have a gripe with it, I would say, are probably not the biggest fans of like horror Got as it. well. Because um, the, the and I'm I'm speaking on this of experience of me actually talking to people um, about it, but they they thought it was shoehorned mm. into the story, and they they were like, I don't understand what that added to it and things like that. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I will say I did. I was waiting for a bigger purpose for him for that character. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, well, you technically get the purpose with Josh, but 
In what regard? You'll see. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there yeah. later. School he is me. he is interrupted with Siv hands another woman a torch, telling her in Swedish, "Quote this high my fire, no higher, no hotter." End quote. She takes it and holds it. Siv going to the older man, handing him the second torch, repeating the same thing. He takes it. She screams, "Spirits, <laughs> back to the dead!" <laughs> yeah, As that yelled, big clap she scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, got to a redheaded girl named Maya um, doing her hair in the mirror. She gains her composure, taking a quick, sharp inhale and exhale before heading outside. <sighs> outside, she watches her family running, conjoined by hands and chanting. Ma- uh, Maya turns her attention over to Pele's friends. Pele suggests that they should join, Danny denying, denying, claiming that she's too afraid and nervous. Simon goes back over to join them, handing Connie a beer, asking Ingmar what the, uh, what the kids are playing. Quote-unquote, skin the fool. Yeah. What a great game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little champs. Uh, the group comes running towards them, uh, Maya kicking Christian. He notices her, taking his attention off of Danny, asking Pele if he can join, if they can just join in. I love how Danny's just staring at him like, you fucking dog. Like, what the fuck? I'm right here, man. Like, what are you doing? He tells Christian that he can. Christian eagerly getting up and running over toward the crowd, Joss joining in. Pele hands Danny a picture he drew, wishing her a happy birthday. She accepts his gift, sharing that Christian forgot, but claiming that it isn't his fault because she forgot to remind him. Mm. What a lovely relationship. That yeah, is, that right? hurt. That Mary. always that like, pissed me off. That really, really destroyed that me. That line, I was like, what? Yeah. No. Cuts deep. It cuts deep. Cuts them um, all walking as a group, Josh asking how they support this commune. Pelle and Ingmar share a few of their logistics, then points out a group of children learning how to carve runes, sharing that they, that, that they put it under their pillow to dream about its powers. They stop... They stop when they see a larger rune in the ground. Josh stops asking about it, thinking thinking it is something that it is not. Meanwhile, I love how like Josh gets schooled a bunch of times too. Yeah, totally. It's just like you got a lot to learn, man. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Simon and Connie ask Danny and Christian how long they've been together. Christian claiming three and a half years, Danny correcting him that they've been together for actually four. And I love the dynamic yes. that we see with Connie. Yep. And Simon versus Christian and Danny. Connie and Simon holding hands, walking hand in hand, about to get married. Yeah. And fucking Christian and Danny. Distance. No, no holding hands. Right. Yeah. Complete distance from each other. There is, it's, you know? Yeah. It's, it's great storytelling with just the camera. Exactly. It's beautiful. It's, it's fantastic. It works so well. Mm-hmm. It tells us a lot of, of so much. Oh, yeah. Of their character. And I have to give a great shout out to like the cinematographer. I don't know who it is, but there's a long take shots, which is just yeah. stays with the characters for such a long time. Yeah. Just to learn and observe them yeah. and to see how they act. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really nice. Um, I was also trying to think of where I've seen Connie from before. Her name is um, Elora Tercia, I believe. Um, but she was in another folk horror movie called In the Earth. Ben Wheatley's movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, she looks so familiar right now. And that was why. Um, he returns the question how Ingmar met Connie and Simon, sharing that they were working on, um, on the same farm. He was dating Connie before they were friends with Simon. She immediately corrects him that they've only been on one date that she didn't even know was a date until she was on it. <laughs> he apologizes and, and rephrases, adding that Connie and Simon are now engaged. Everyone is congratulating them except for Christian. <laughs> he is looking out into the distance at a yellow building. Asking about it, Pele calling it a sacred temple that nobody is allowed to go inside. 
<laughs> they part ways so uh they part ways so Pele can show them where they're going to sleep and Ingmar I'm um, going to show Connie and Simon something else that I cannot pronounce. They walk past the bear and Connie sees a cloth with images uh, sewn into it asking about it. <laughs> so are we not going to, you know, talk about the bear? It's a bear. Yeah. <laughs> They go over to the image of a woman wanting to fall in love, cutting her pubic hairs, adding adding it to a meal, bleeding from her vagina into a cup, feeding the man, him becoming tranced, and them getting married while the woman is pregnant. What a fucking image, and what a beautiful way to storytell for what's coming up next. Yeah, man. This, the, when Fantastic I saw this, I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, these people are wild. Guts of Billy bringing his friends inside of a large barn-like house with paintings on the ceiling, everyone in awe as they walk inside. Danny looks around while the others ask questions about it, about this place. Pele sharing that only the younger people sleep there until they are 36, and they move into the laborer's house. Thinking of Think of it like Thinking of it like seasons. 1 through 18 is spring, you're a child. 18 through 36, summer, you're pilgrimage. 36 to 54, fall, you're a worker. 54 to 72, winter, you're a mentor. Danny asks what happens after 72. Pele motions his neck being slit. They chuckle. Little did she know he was fucking dead serious. Yeah, I felt that too. <laughs> right in that moment. I'm like, yeah, homeboy's real. She continues over to the May Queen wall as Pele pulls Christian over to speak with him about her birthday. She interrupts them, asking about the May Queens, Josh joining in asking what a May Queen is. Pele explains it being a dance competition where the winter gets uh, when the winner gets crowned. A villager a villager's Excuse me. A villager, Inga, um, invites them to invites them in Swedish to join the children watching a movie. They're watching uh, Austin Powers, I believe. She said. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, looking baby. over, Mark flirtatiously completing the sentence. I think someone even asked um, Ari Aster. I believe this was on History of Horror, um, which was uh, Eli Roth's show. Um, they asked him like, "Why Austin Powers?" And he was like, "I like Austin Powers." <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting here? We have a triple back-to-back of foreshadowing. Yes. Right? With Christian asking, what is that building over there? Uh, with Danny looking at the photos of um, the May Queens. All the May Queens. And then Mark getting flirted with. Yeah. Zing, zing, zing. <laughs> Him thinking that this was a sign. Um, and... <laughs> His line, oh my god, I want to give her a bath. Yeah, Christian weird. pulls Danny outside, them watching a group synced as they calm a crying child by rocking them back and forth. He brings her attention back to him by singing her happy birthday with a slice of, of cake in his hand. And I'm surprised you didn't mention this section yeah, of foreshadowing as well. Right now, yeah. <laughs> with them swaying with the baby yeah. side by side into something we see very much later mm-hmm. with Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Christian, actually, with both of them. Yep. Fuck, wow. (sighs) She is confused as she tries to light the candle. She tells him to stop and that it's okay. He apologizes for forgetting. She forgives him as she continues looking over the people in sync, inhaling sharply to blow out the candles. To cut to a message from our sponsors. And we're back. Cut to them trying to sleep. A baby crying as everyone gets ready for bed. Reminds me of my life. 11 months ago, Danny watches a woman place a rune underneath the pillow of a crying child. Pele tells them uh, that tomorrow is a big day and for them to get their rest. Josh asks what's tomorrow. Pele sharing that the, um, that the first big ceremony 
um, Esta Tupa, I believe. I think you got it. I said that correctly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, this is the act of sinicide. And for those who don't know what sinicide is, it is to kill the elderly. So I did it now. Yes. Now I do. (laughs) Now you do. Um, Christian asks what that is. Uh, Josh, knowing well, knowing well what it is, asking if he's talking about an actual one. Christian tries to look it up, but he doesn't have any service. Christian asks Josh if he knows what it is, but he doesn't uh, mention anything with a smile on his face. Danny asking if it's scary. He shrugs while smiling. Cut to them asleep. The baby continuing to cry. Danny is still awake. She looks up at one of the at the moral murals excuse me murals on the wall that is painted above her next day the commune is getting ready for the ceremony with song and and ritualistic dance danny watches for a moment before heading to the uh, runic shaped table and this looks so cool reminds me like god of war (laughs) (laughs) this looks so cool mark um mark makes an an ignorant comment about their culture before christian asks how long they uh stand for Danny brings flowers to Christian, kissing him on the cheek. A kid rings the bell for the two elders that walk towards the two seats um, at the head of the table. They all sit with when the elders sit. Josh asks if, the, if those are the ones for the ceremony. Everyone begins eating when they start eating. And I'm not going to lie, this is like straight up pleasantry to listen to all the clanking in unison and yeah. synchronicity. Mm-hmm. And it just, I'm just like, that oddly sounds beautiful. I was wondering how many takes that took. I'm very curious as well. I'm <laughs> very curious. One. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. <laughs> I mean, knowing him, who knows? Uh, while they're eating, Mark is looking over, looking over at Inga and her looking back at him. Maya is carving a rune while Danny speaks with um, Rika about how the babies are raised. Back with the elders, sitting in silent for a moment, the woman standing up and softly chanting with sharp inhale and exhales. <gasps> the man copies her. And they, <laughs> they take turns, continuing their chants. The group, intrigued at what they are witnessing, Siv stands, raising a glass to them both, the elderly um, turning towards each other and taking a drink with tears in their, um, in their eyes, or with tears forming in their eyes. They sit back down, taken away by another group of villagers as they, as they stay seated. Everyone gets up to follow them. Mark decides to stay behind to take a nap. Cut to them all standing around, staring upward at, at a ledge. And oddly enough, this just feels appropriate because they are all spiritually there as a family. Mm-hmm. And like they they're witnessing this and they're calm and obviously Josh and Mark and uh, oh, Mark's not there, but Josh, Christian and um, Danny are very concerned. They're like, what's happening? Well, like, like what, at this moment, you know? I'm like, look, uh, because I'm watching it too, right? As we like talk about it, Danny has this like face of like interest. Yeah. Like her mind is blank and she's very like intrigued by it, but I don't think she's like weirded out by it. No. She kind of feels the same energy that everyone else has. Right. Watching this go down, I obviously mean, she's calm. to an extent to what's about to happen. Yeah, but next. she also doesn't know what's exactly. She doesn't yeah, know what to yeah. expect. Yeah. But you know? she's all about it at this point. Mm. At this point, <laughs> about, only at this moment. Change. They bring the uh, they bring the elderly on the top portion of the ledge of the mountain. Christian, Danny, and Josh continue watching. A horn sounds. Josh moves over towards Pele for a closer look, asking about the book that Siv is holding. He tells Josh that it is a uh, Rube Radar. Rupradar, I believe is how you pronounce it. Their scripture. He asks if he can read it, but Pele tells him that he won't be able to. And it's 
it's interesting that he won't be he tells him that he won't be able to because it's like one you can't and two you won't even understand it mm-hmm. because Reuben he makes most of the scriptures yeah and most of them are interpretations pretty much yeah which is so fascinating. Siv turns around to look at him. The elders get their hands cut. They place their bloody hands on the runes. This fucking looks great. Smudging it on the stone. And this just, wow. The imagery here. Like, ugh, this was the poster. This oh, was, was the poster of one of the uh, of one of them. And I was just like in absolute awe. It's very haunting. It is absolutely haunting. slowly moves in too. Shows the blood on the stone. Do we know what this means? No. Okay. I just think it's like going one with your rune, pretty much. Oh, got it. But the woman stands on the edge, reaches out toward the sky. Danny watches nervously, panicking, knowing what's going to happen next. Uh, Yeah, knowing what's going to happen next. The elder, the elder, stares down at them before jumping off the cliff. Danny and Josh sharing a scream as the woman's body collides with the work of the earth. Brutal, man. So brutal, dude. That feeling, the anticipation of like when you see Danny like hyperventilating and like, yeah, her body language of her moving her shoulders up and down yeah. because she's breathing so heavily. Well, they all has this thought process, right? Yeah. They're like, is what's going to happen? What is what I think is going to happen going to happen, right? And yeah. I think, I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling, and you kind of, you're kind of frozen, yeah, because you're like, no way. What do you right? do? You're processing, and then yeah. when you see it, you're, you're like. Sh- Oh, doggy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Muffled freakouts of Simon and Connie, Ingmar trying to calm them down, but they continue freaking out that they just witnessed this woman commit suicide. They look oh, they look back up, preparing for the next one to meet the same demise. Simon muffled uh, muffled screams for the uh, for the man to not jump off the cliff, but he does feet first breaking his leg through the fall he gags in pain the crowd moaning and crying in unison sharing his pain a man with a mallet hands it out to another they um they go over to him taking turns bashing his head in there's three of them taking turns literally bashing his head in the crowd stops (sighs) each blow affecting danny specifically as she continues to watch in shock and you just hear her breath. The <sighs> yeah. And her, as her breaths, they're not really panicked. She snapped. She's, she, she's like, she's just in absolute shock. Yeah. Siv runs over to them asking for her allowance to explain their culture. Simon and Connie not understanding their customs as she continues to explain that they find joy in this. She continues that this is how they pass life onto another. They are walking to back to the village, Christian trying to check on Danny. She shares that she doesn't want to be there right now and leaves out of the out of the line of the villagers, Christian adding for her to take some time to herself. That's ex- okay. She walks out of the out onto the field, sniffling as she walks past the uh their yellow sacred house. She holds her throat as she drops down to the ground to breathe in deeply. Wow. Poor girl. Fuck her acting. Yeah. It's just fuck comma her acting. Yes, fuck comma her acting. Yeah. Like it is like fuck comma her acting. Her acting. Like wow. It is mind-boggling that she didn't get nominated. Not even recognized by the academy. Yeah, cuz I think I think for me with her acting like you're right because I don't, I didn't really think about it until just now when you guys are applauding it. Like yeah, cuz when I watched this I'm like 
you're feeling I, the I could, same reaction. I can feel that. Yeah. Pain, and that's right? why it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's not over dramatic. It's not over the top. It's like, oh, fuck. This, like, clearly this person is traumatized and pains are servicing back up that they've been trying to suppress for months and it's just something happened that's very traumatic to see and then it triggered and then it's like uh, it's overwhelming like, honestly beautifully right. said the, yeah. yeah the beautiful thing about this movie and this is why i say like it's close to being like quote-unquote a masterpiece for, in my eyes and like i'm curious why it didn't get nominated for best picture is that the movie itself and the community that's within this movie like storyline as well i guess is that it creates the same type of emotions as you as the viewers watching this the movie yes whether it be danny or the actual people in it it's just like they will start crying if someone else is crying and you feel that emotional impact but then seeing it it's like oh i'm being thrown off (laughs) you're showing me exactly how i'm feeling but now because you're showing me it's like kind of haunting in a way yeah and it's uh it's it's glorious. It, it, it's honestly it's quite magnificent. Like I said, this nuts. movie is oranges to apples compared to Hereditary, but I just think that this one is just so mas- masterfully crafted. I think when you say oranges and apples, or you said oranges and apples, right? Yeah. I, did, yeah. I think, it, yeah, because like what I, I, in. They're completely different. Yeah, movies. no, I agree with yeah. you wholeheartedly, right? Yeah. Well, I think I just want to add on to it, which I think hopefully this makes sense. Like with Hereditary, you there's the horror of being alone. Yeah. And then there's, with Midsummer. there's the horror of being surrounded yes. by so many. Right? Oh, my God. Lord have mercy. Give this man a fucking pancake because that was amazing. <laughs> Not pancakes. <laughs> an orange or an apple. Or an orange or an apple. Pancake, please. You like pancakes, right? I love pancakes. See, I knew it. That's why I knew it. I'm very hungry as (laughs) well. All right. Anyway, we jump to Christian coming inside their uh, their shared room. Josh on on his bed writing his thesis. He checks on Josh, him claiming that he's fine. Christian then works up the courage to tell him that he's going to write his thesis on Harka. Fuck you. Right? (laughs) Fuck that guy. Josh is offended, rightfully so, that he's chosen to write his thesis on the same thing. Christian tries to explain that he wants to focus on the community. They are arguing about the topic, Josh claiming him being a lazy leech. That honestly sounds way more offensive than motherfucker like (laughs) but they but that doesn't change christian's mind he leaves out of the room and he's even telling like he was like you can either collaborate with me or you can go ahead and get out of my way (laughs) great christian josh is speaking with pele about christian but he stops josh telling him that none of this will will be approved to be written down he tells josh that he now this one i was definitely interested about where pele knew Josh was going there to write his thesis. And this I thought was a little interesting when he was just like, oh, you can't write this down. Yeah. He's like, but wait, 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 wait. You knew I was coming here to write my thesis. Like, what do you mean I can't write this down? (laughs) Like, I just witnessed two people die in front of me. I can't write this down. (laughs) (laughs) He tells Josh that he told Christian the same thing when he asked him. Josh is confused, thinking that he didn't speak with Christian. Pele brushes it off, mentioning that he is going to speak with the elders about it. Meanwhile, Danny is packing up. Pele comes into the room, calling out to her. She apologizes, telling him that she has to go. He apologizes for allowing her to see that. She yells that she doesn't understand why she is there. Um, he comes over to her trying to console her, asking her to sit 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 down next to him. I even thought that was so interesting when she even said, I don't even know why I'm here. I mean, that seemed accurate to me, right? It seems so, right. Like, she's just thinking about how she ended up 
going on this trip. Right. She's she's so lost. She's so confused. And she's latching on to whatever she can. And yeah. she realizes like what that entailed into her getting into. Yeah. Seriously. Mentioning that he wanted to share this with his friends, which is why he invited them. She sobs that she doesn't understand any of this. He tells her that that he was the most excited for her to come, pulling something out of his pocket, asking her to smell it. She asks what it is, Pele telling her that it will calm her down as he takes a sniff. She doesn't want it. (laughs) You want to smell this rock? (laughs) (laughs) He explains that he understands what she is going through because he also lost his parents too. They start talking, they start talking over each other. And this is also fucking beautiful of how they're talking over each other. And it even got to the point where (laughs) I, I was watching this on Amazon, but it got to the point where Amazon just didn't do the subtitles anymore on that part. Oh, really? Yeah. It just took them away. And I was like, oh. damn. <laughs> I, think uh, I did find it interesting that uh, he shared that, you know, about his parents dying that they died in a fire. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it to me, I thought it was actually pretty obvious that he's always been with this place. Yeah. With this commune and his parents were the ones that sacrificed themselves. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, she starts to cry as he explains that he understands, but, um, he has never had a chance to feel loss because he has a family here. He continues speaking highly about his community and how much they, they have embraced him calling, calling his family real, offering a place there for Danny as well while taking her hand and rubbing it. She reminds him about Christian, but that's who he is speaking of, asking her if he feels like home to her. Sounds like a cult to me. (laughs) If I ever heard of one, definitely does. Cut to the elder smashed bodies being burned on top of a pit. Transition to Danny sitting alone. Excuse me. Christian coming up behind her asking how she is doing. She turns around, asking if he isn't disturbed about what he saw. He agrees in an odd manner, but chalks it up to their culture and try to and trying to, to acclimate. And he's like, yeah, what we saw was very stressful. <laughs> in the hall to sleep, Danny asks Josh for a sleeping pill. Asleep in bed, she awakens from rattling outside the door. She hears her friends shushing as they exit out of the room. Danny out of the... Uh, Danny out of her bed, following them outside, seeing them leaving it, uh, in the car with the faint flashes of red and blue. I used to have nightmares like this as a kid. You know what's so funny? I did. I did as well. Yeah, but it People was like running in the car and just leaving you behind. Yeah, like I I used to have it every single time we would go to Costco. It was always one of my nightmares. Really? Yeah. Always one of my nightmares, and I would always dream about my family leaving me in Costco yeah, so as a child. For me, it was because uh, my mom— Then it happened. To, yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. My mom used to take me to work with her, right? She would clean houses, and then uh, I would always have nightmares that we would be there, and then she yeah. would leave me behind, and then she would stare at me as she drove off. But apparently, I've been told that um, those are dreams that kids that have had parents leave them— which Here makes that, so much right? sense yeah, so. <laughs> for both you, you and I. <laughs> yeah, when you said that, I was like, well, Prince, let me share this with you. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, for those of you who don't know, eh, we'll share it later. Mark has a mocking smile on his face as they drive off and Danny inaudibly screams with black smoke leaving her mouth. Beautiful. Like the black smoke leaving her mouth being the exhaust that pretty much was filling up her sister's mouth. Oh, yeah. I was wondering <laughs> what that was about, but duh. 
Flashbacks of the ceremony, her dead parents, her dead sister in the area of the ceremony, Terry opening her eyes to stare back at her sister. Back inside the room, Danny fast asleep. Amaya is um, is watching Christian shaking the rune in her hand. She places it underneath his bed, Josh spotting her as she does so. Next day, Danny is the last to awake. The villagers take the ashes of the elders, placing it in front of the roots of a dead tree. Pele is, tr- is tr- uh, tending to the garden, called over by Mark and Josh. Josh asks about the allowance of his thesis while Mark leaves to use the bathroom. Pele tells him, bitch ass Mark, man. <laughs> Pele tells him that they will allow it to uh, will allow it in some conditions, but he is splitting it with Christian since he technically asked him first. And I love how Josh is just like, we could talk about that. <laughs> Josh pulls out the rune that um, Maya placed underneath Christian's bed, asking about it. Pele shares that this is a love rune to cast a spell. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now this is interesting. I'm curious on both of you, mm-hmm. since this is your first watch. Did you think back to the cloth at all? Because the cloth yeah, is so the pretty cloth, much oh, the, the story, the story yeah, of yeah, yeah. Maya and Christian. I had inklings that, yeah, so because when I saw the cloth, I was like, okay, it's depicting a woman uh, kind of uh, putting a spell on a man, right? Yeah. So this... Yes, I did invoke thoughts of that, but also I didn't remember in the cloth that there was a rune in it. Right. Yes. More so someone cutting their pubes off. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> that was the more yeah, thing. That, that's fair. And then you but, get spirally eyes. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think of anything of this as of yet. Okay. Once he starts eating the thing and he finds sure. the thing, I was like, oh, I saw that. Okay. I remember okay. that. Perfect. But yeah, same thing with David. I didn't. Didn't, didn't correlate it yet. Okay, that yeah. uh, I was just that's more awesome. like go oh, practice and tradition. Gotcha. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I was just just curious to see how how that felt for either one of you. Well, okay, let me ask you this, Freddie. Did you think when you saw the moment where um, is it Maya? Maya. When Maya's in bed holding the rune, and then you find out this moment here where um, you have Pele mm-hmm. say it's a love rune. At the yeah. moment, we're like, oh, they're gonna fuck later. Because that straight up was like, yep, they'll fuck later for sure. Because of yeah. the very graphic story depiction images yeah. that we saw earlier. I thought he was going to have sex with her regardless because he's just an asshole. <laughs> it's like, this dude will cheat on her for sure. He's looking for a girl that wants to have sex with him, right? That's what he says very early on in the movie. He's like, oh, it would be nice to have a girl that would want to have sex with me. It's like, well, Mark, well, Mark says Mark that. Said that. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, Mark but, says that for But there's him. that I mean, in- inclination. It's like that's part of the problem, I guess. And that's why man. he's kind of looking for it. As yeah, a, he's as complained about it, yeah. so yeah. therefore it bothers he's him. He's a man that so, hasn't had sex in a, what seems like a year and a half. It's like sure. this is the given opportunity of him having that moment. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah. I love everyone's under my and bed. And I think we also, you know when we have the moment where the kids are playing skin the fool where he gets kicked and he's like, I'm aroused. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I'm awake now. (laughs) I was bored until now. (laughs) Let's run in circles. Christian comes up to, uh, comes up towards them. Pele sharing the news about the allowance of the, of their thesis. He excitedly hugs Pele, thanking him. Pele then brings up that he believes Maya has taken a liking to him. He looks back at her. Pele sharing that uh, she was cleared from from the villagers to have sex. All right. They are interrupted by another villager screaming in Swedish at Mark for peeing on the elder's tree. You 
fucking idiot. Mark <laughs> is being an absolute idiot, tries cal- calming the situation by, by like, what did I do? I had a pee. I needed to take a piss. <laughs> There's a tree here. <laughs> it was just a complete, complete douche. Um, not understanding what he did wrong. Pele runs over to him, the man still yelling at Mark for his actions, and Pele pulling him away from the situation. He explains that the tree is tied to their dead ancestors. Mark still not seeing the big deal. What? Yeah, after like after being told something like that, you're just a big old dummy. Yeah, like you're literally pissing on someone's grave now. Yeah. Like, come on. The man on the ground starts to cry. And that honestly broke my heart because I'm just yeah. like, dude, yeah, if someone were to pee on my grandma or mom's <laughs> oh my grave God. or some shit, I'm just, I would be like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Like, we're fighting. Yeah. Like, like, yo, we're fighting. Um, meanwhile, Connie is quickly wa- quickly walking into the area where they sleep. Danny greets her. Connie's sharing that they are leaving. Danny asking if everything is okay as Father Odd is calling for her outside the barn. He, uh, As she comes out with her things, she sh- he shares that Simon is being dropped off at the train station and they will come back to pick her up. She is confused, asking why Simon will go without her. Father Odd shares that the truck only only has room for two people. She doesn't accept this, but he continues speaking about the schedule of the train. Connie fights back that she that she could have sat on his lap, but Odd rebuttals that they don't break traffic laws and reassure her that it will be coming back for her. He places his hand on her shoulder. She swipes it away, calling the situation bullshit while walking away from him. Danny comes out, Odd calling her for lunch. Now, both of you, mm. did you think he died? 100%. Okay, so you thought he died immediately. What yeah. about you, David? Well, I... I mean, something obviously feels yeah, off. No, I mean, clearly, I don't believe this man. Clearly, Connie doesn't either, but also she seems hesitant because I'm thinking about Bella in this situation. I'm like, if that was Bella, she would be like, no way. Yeah, no lie, way. Right? Yeah, no way he left me. Yeah. Um, did I think he died? At this moment, not necessarily, but I did think that was coming or had happened. Okay. Right? Oh, he gone. But like, <laughs> oh, he did it. I've seen <laughs> scary movies before. <laughs> I know what happened. Oh, he did it. Person Wait. gone missing? They're dead. But yeah, I think at this point, everyone's led to believe like, okay, something's fishy, right? Yeah. But um, I wonder, I wonder because Connie, when I first watched this, I was like, Connie seemed like she was almost believing this man. Or, like, was confused and thought maybe Simon did go without me. Right. And I was a little Well, he seems to have, like, an answer for everything, which made her hesitant about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, damn, okay. But it's like, fuck, if you're Connie, what do you do at that point? You just start running through the woods. But we don't know what she does. We don't. I mean, we technically do. Yeah. But <laughs> I, we know what happens to her. We know what happens to her, but I don't know what her plan of action was after this. Scene. I think she was just going to wait in the area where the truck was going to probably you think come so? back. Yeah, yeah. I see. I, I think when I think, you got old people jumping off a cliff, I'm just running through the woods, <laughs> going straight. These old people jumping off cliffs. <laughs> I'm looking out here, dog. Danny interrupts Christian, speaking with the villager um, Valentine, who is asking questions about the commune. He greets her. She shares the situation with Simon and Connie. Christian calls it a dick move ask if she's all right and then nothing of it and goes back to asking more questions an asshole he's like he's like wow what a dick move anyway so like <laughs> he asks about if there's if there's an issue with incest within the community apologizing for the nature of the question danny is shocked at his nonchalant response as valentine answers the questions he says quote 
The bloodlines are very well preserved. The elders must approve mates. Cousins can sometimes mate, but they repeat their incest taboo. So we often need to invite outside people. End quote. Christian is distracted when he sees Josh going inside a building with an elder. And I love how he's trying to up they're both trying to upstage each other now right it's just like whoa what information is Drew on <laughs> danny is now walking alone in the commune a woman asking if she would like to help them inside the kitchen she agrees asking the woman if she's heard from simon she tells danny that he was driven back to the train station concerned that she didn't get to say goodbye danny shares it that it is okay as they ba- as they bring her into the kitchen to help make tarts maya bringing in a special tart sitting de- sitting it down separately from all the rest meanwhile josh is learning about the ruby rotter from the from the elder arnie the the dis i don't know what i was trying to say homeboy looks like a wizard he does <laughs> wizard Harry. <laughs> he does um they describe each runic um each runic letter standing for one of one of the 16 effects from the most holy to unholy pointing one out that deals with grief wow hmm Danny, you're in the right place. They f- uh, then flipping to the back, showing the pages being blank, calling it a constant work in progress. Josh um, asks who decides what gets added. Arnie sharing that it is particular. Its particular iteration um, is being written by Ruben. He points at him. Josh confused um, since he has a disability. Arnie sharing that Ruben has been uh, has been since birth. He draws uh, he draws the elders um, to interpret. Or he draws and the elders interpret, claiming that Reuben is unclouded by normal cognition and he's open to the source. Josh asks what if Reuben dies, wondering if they will just wait for another unclouded baby to spring along. Arnie chuckles that Reuben was deliberately inbred to be an oracle. Josh asks if he could could take a, a photograph of the book. Arnie shuts the book, offended, telling him no. They overhear a woman screaming in the distance. Wow. Wow. That woman. I wonder who that Connie. is. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Because I didn't catch that. That's yes. for sure Connie. It, and uh, I love that we see it on everyone's perspective. Yeah. Right. Everyone hears it from a distance. Right. And the only people who are tripping off of it are the outsiders. Yeah. Cut to Danny overhearing the scream as, as well as she assists with the meat tarts. Mark also hears it as he fucks around outside, spotting the girl that keeps looking at him going inside the uh, sacred yellow hut. A kid comes up to him, calling him for supper. They are all sitting down for supper, all with the same drink in front of them except for Christian is slightly discolored. They hand them the meat tarts, the woman handing Christians, uh, Christians with a- extra care as she smiles at him. Danny asks if anyone has seen Connie, a man speaking on Simon, calling her at, at the train station, calming her, calming her down and him driving her to the train station to meet with him. Danny is still not convinced, wondering why Simon would leave without her to begin with, Christian chalking it up to miscommunication. She sits for a moment in silence, then mentions that, I could see you leaving me like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, good for her. He asks her what 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 does that mean, but she tells him never mind. Mark comments about the man staring daggers at him from across the table, wondering if he's going to kill him. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Nobody answers him. Josh asking Christian if he if he if he's learned anything about the Ruby Rotter. Christian takes this as a sign to be an absolute asshole, Josh giving his annoyed thanks and apologies for bringing it up in the first place. They are all silent, Christian uh, biting into the tart, pulling out a peach-colored pubic hair from his mouth. Mark is absolutely disgusted, asking if it's a pube. My question, though, 
Mark is a few seats away from him. Bruh, you must be really looking <laughs> to tell that this is a pubic hair from afar. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, my dude is just like, oh, is that a pub? And it's just I like, feel like even my if it guy. Was normal hair, though, Mark is the type. Mark is the type to be a fucking. Yeah, exactly. That's no true. Matter what, yeah, he's that, that guy. guy. He's you know, that guy. I will say that <laughs> when I watched this, I didn't catch that uh, Christian's was the only drink that had a tint of red. Um, I thought everyone's drink was a tin of red, and nope. then in the very last moment of this sequence, they really, uh, they the last cut is of his drink being right. red. Um, I didn't realize he's, his was the only one that had a little tin of red in it. It sure did, and it's yeah, we know what that is. Well, yeah, of course we know, <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, it's uh, it's a tin of red, um, and it's, it's actually interesting. Um, there is. And I could be completely wrong on this, but there has been notions of voodoo that has done the same concept. And yeah. and, and it's very much in in black households where they would say, you know, if if you go on your first date with a girl and she serves you spaghetti, don't eat it. Oh. And that and it was like the same concept. Yeah. Wow. And it's, you know. Obviously, this is between us and the internet, but I do know somebody that this happened to, and they were stuck in a marriage for over 30 years that they absolutely despised, and they had no idea why they can get out. It happens. And their first date, she made him spaghetti. (laughs) Don't trick my Italian ass. (laughs) You want spaghetti? Hell yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Second date, maybe. Christian looks over at, Ma- at Maya, Danny noticing his gaze and looking over towards her, but she looks away. He takes a sip from a discolored drink. Mark is still tripping on the guy looking at him. Inga tapping him on the shoulder to, um, for him to come with her. He goes with her, nobody making much of it. Josh continuing to uh, look at his notes. And she, she just says, she's like, I'll show you. And he's like, uh, guys, I gotta. Uh, she's gonna show me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. He's a douchebag, but Mark is my favorite character. He's so funny. He is funny. Like he's so funny. Match cut to him sitting on his bed, shaking his leg nervously. Danny asks for another sleeping pill. He gives he gives her another. He lies down with his shoes still on. Everyone is asleep. Josh gets up out of bed, runs over to where the Ruby Rotter is kept. He sneaks inside the building, not noticing Ruben lying down in the be- in the corner. Josh pulls out his phone, taking pictures of the book as he flips through the pages, noticing someone coming into the room through the reflection he turns around not noticing the other person standing right next to him in the corner thinking that it it is mark he whispers shouts for him to close the door noticing that he isn't wearing any pants the man in the corner strikes him on top of the head cracking his skull the person comes in comes up to him wearing mark's skin as he watches josh bleed to death as he groans dude yeah the twitching (laughs) oh my god the the blow Everything. Yeah. Uh, the mask. It's the just skin mask. It is absolutely insane. And obviously the skin mask being a, a wonderful homage to Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Totally. Um, which now, he 100% says that that is why he did it. But, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so is the person that's wearing his face the guy that was staring at him the whole time? I have time? no idea. I know, think it is. Yeah. I think so, yeah, too. I think so, too. I think they have a close-up to his eyes, and it's like bright blue eyes, which yeah. the other dude had, too. I'm I mean, like, but mm. they all got bright blue eyes. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know. But, like, it's, you know, I think I think for some, like, some people say it's Pele. 
other say it's oh wow yeah like i don't know that'd be a crazy twist that, that would, would be, be nuts crazy twist. but i don't know cut back to them being woken up no josh and mark in their beds they are all having breakfast danny asking if they think mark is still out with inga pele thinking that it's possible she excuse me she wonders about josh christian commenting that he's not too concerned Arnie stands up at the table to share that the ruby rotter was found missing from the from their temple. He asks for whoever took it to return it, and they can leave it in the, in the temple with no questions asked. They are putting their dishes away. Arnie asking them where their friend Josh is. Christian tells them that they have no idea, but he acts but he acts as if the, if as if he may have taken the book. Them adding that Mark is go, is also gone missing on the same day. Christian continues that um, that they are also on the dark. Well, also on the dark of this, and just as confused as they are. This is my main complaint in this movie. Oh, let's hear it. That the fucking black dude is yeah. made to be the thief. Yeah. Like, I mm. fucking despise this scene mm-hmm. so much. And I was like, oh my God, this was in such poor taste. Yeah, I can see that. I like, I just, thing. I did not like this scene at I all. I actually thought they were going to have him be the first death. Uh, as I as I did as well, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, in that moment when you think, oh, they're gonna kill the black guy off first, right? It, it turns out that Mark is already dead, right? And I, you know, although I don't like this scene, um, what makes me also really dislike this scene is Christian's character, yeah. Because what Christian says next. Oh, he dude. disassociates himself. <laughs> what a fucking asshole, dude. Danny mentions that Mark went off with Inga last night. Christian commenting that Mark wouldn't have done this, but he continues to throw Ugh. Josh under the bus. Quote, we pray that you understand that we don't associate as friends of his or collaborators or anything. We would be so embarrassed to be connected with this in any shape or form. A fucking tale as old as time, y'all. Yeah, dude. It is in poor taste. I, I agree with you. It's that... Ugh. And I'm, and I know he did it on purpose. Like, I know Aster put that in there knowing that, like, like this is how some people are. Oh, totally. Yeah. totally so, yeah. Arnie just hopes that um, it gets returned. Pele feeling responsible, he commands him to go with Odd and look for them to redeem themselves. The other, the other man tells Danny that she will go with the women for today's activities, and for Christian, Siv will like to talk to him. Christian is nervous, but he goes over towards her house um, to see her. Cut to them mixing some sort of tea, an elder passing scoops of it out to the women before their their dance for May Queen. The woman accomp- accompanying Danny is teaching her how to drink the tea based off, off of their tradition. They drink the tea, inhaling and exhaling sharply. <sighs> Danny copying her. She hugs Danny. They are all conjoined by hand surrounding the pole. And it was honestly this moment right here that Danny was family. Yeah, I think so. I think it was this moment that Danny was family. What makes you say that? I think it was the fact that now they are sharing completely their traditions with them. Right. Mm. Because I Pele never mentioned that any outsider does the May Queen dance. It's usually just them. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Danny looks down at her feet, hallucinating that her feet are morphing into grass. She breathes heavily oh. as she comes back up, a woman explaining Swedish explaining in Swedish about their tradition on crowning their May Queen. And I love the trees in this sequence. The trees are moving. 
around them. It's beautiful. The woman claps her hands and the music begins, all the women kneeling and then dancing around the pole. Back with Christian in the room, waiting for Siv, looking at the wallpaper of the barrel on fire. Siv opens the door, inviting him to come inside the other room. He walks in, mystified by the rest of the wallpaper. They sit down, Christian once again throwing Josh under the bus. Siv ignores that, asking him how he, what he feels about uh, Maya. He, he's confused. She tells him that, they, that they've been approved to mate. Considering him an ideal astrological match, he's, uh, and she chose him. He thinks um, that he ate one of her pubic hairs, Siv considering that to be correct. <laughs> cut, to him, cu- cut to him leaving out of the building, walking towards the women dancing. Danny is finding her groove and having a magnificent time. The woman, the woman um, yelling for them to stop, some women falling on- onto the ground. They begin again, a new dance they uh, must commence. Danny, Danny working her way, joining from woman to woman. Christian sits down on the grass, Maya uh, falling, uh, falling out of her... Uh, circle watching over watching over him as she walks off they all continue watching the women uh, dwindle to eight of them left danny laughs in excitement until she notices christian looking confused and awkward a woman comes up to christian handing him a drink he gives he um gives his thanks asking what it is she clums she clumsily um falls to the ground sharing that it's a spring water with special properties while laughing he shares an awkward laugh asking what um what does it do she shares that it, it opens up to the it opens you up to the influence. He gives his thanks, and he um, she is about to leave, and he tries to hand it back to, um, with concerns about having a bad trip. She take um she takes it back um or she puts it back into him into his hands, assuring him that he won't. Looking over at, Ma- at Maya, he throws the drink back. Meanwhile, Danny and the women are uh, continue their exhausting dance. Danny looking more and more out of it, um, but cutting toward cutting uh continuing forward as we hear her consistent breathing as they are slowing down their dance the women ask her um something in swedish danny tiredly mentions that she doesn't speak swedish her asking if she would like to danny starts speaking in swedish immediately afterwards as she continues dancing around in a circle until danny is the last one standing she is crowned the may queen danny confused on what on what this means as everyone celebrates and takes her in the middle of the field to take to take a picture of her she's confused christian standing by the pole alone and i love how everyone's face is now starting to be more and more distorted and it's yeah. bubbling and it's just it, it eyes are getting bigger it's and trip. it's nuts and this lasts for the rest of the film every time Danny's on screen which is great. They continue congratulating her as she walks through the crowd. She spots both her mom and dad passing her by. She calls she calls to her mom but interrupted by Pele kissing her. Did you notice that that was her mom and dad? Yeah, yeah. because she goes mom? Right. Um, they lay, they, uh, lay a platform for her to stand on. She does so as they lift her as they lift her and sing, sing her away. And I love this moment where you see the outline of her dead sister in the trees. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the way you wrote that and dropped it, like you knew exactly what you were doing to me. Where? Tell me. They are looking at this right now as we speak, so I'll continue as they look at that. They move her towards the table as they as they all stand and look at Danny. If you guys don't find it, I'll show you at the end. Um, she sits down and they all follow. She caresses the floral seat. Christian comes and sits down. Looking at looking at everyone, she grabs her cutlery and everyone then begins eating. She continues. Christian looking like absolute death, but she inter- she's but she's interrupted by Hannah offering her um, herring to eat. 
You got something? I saw you find it. it? Oh God! It's there. Crazy. It is. That's like, it. I think. Yeah, I think when we see her sister die, she has like a eye that went out, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it looks pretty nuts. Oh my God, that's a trip. If yeah. I were to, if I saw that, dude, I'd be, watching, I'd be fucking like, dying. <laughs> I saw that in theaters on my second watch. The first watch, I didn't catch it, and the second watch, I caught it, and I lost it. I was like, oh my yeah. God. Ugh. Sorry for screaming in the microphone, everybody. Oh my goodness. Oh man, it was insane. They joke that that she must at she must at least try. She does so, spitting it out and then make them groaning, but burst into laughter when she groans in disgust. It's kind of like childish when she was like, like when she does yeah. it, and they they all just like burst into laughter together. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I was talking about in the beginning of the the uh, episode and we see it throughout the whole film but like this is one moment where I remember thinking like I don't I don't like people doing that like do this you know? yeah but I'm sure no the pressure yeah yeah I mean who knows right when, when when you're in a different country like there's you yeah know, sometimes totally. you do want to experience that culture right? yeah totally but, but I think <laughs> your culture consists of consists eating. of no not even that <laughs> I think if your culture and we'll get there. Consists of people Consists dying in front of, of you. <laughs> hurting or killing people against their will. Fuck your culture, right? Yeah. Like, if you're hurting or killing people, like, fuck that culture. But wait, wait, wait. Against whose will? Who who, who are we hurting? The the friends? The innocent. Oh. So I'm saying if, if, if you're killing innocent people that do not want to be killed. Who didn't want to die? Are you, are you referring to the elders? I'm talking about Connie. Oh, okay. I'm like talking about Connie. I'm talking about like Mark. Okay, so I, okay, here's the thing. Let's talk about Connie really quick. Okay. Let's talk about Connie and Simon and Mark <laughs> and Josh. These are all people who were disrespecting them in some way. Totally. For I example, Connie and Simon, they were going to leave. And yes, for sure, they were going to tell the police that this was happening okay. at this destination yes. when they are very secretive. They for sure were going to tell the police. It's a good point that I didn't think of, but if well, they're going to come for Connie and Simon, I think them prioritizing their own safety. I oh, understand yeah. like they're, you know, cultures are different. They could be vastly different and you need to respect other people's culture, especially if you're not understanding oh, no, or in tune with it. Right. But if like, if your life is in danger, then like, yeah, go fucking tell the cops. Yeah. Like, you know, because like straight up like. Because I mean, at that moment, they don't know if their life is in danger or not. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's one of those things where it's like. For them, it's their culture. Totally. And they know what they're doing. They totally. know what they're doing and what it looks like to outsiders. Yeah. Therefore, that's why they well, probably have to do what they this do. This is the thing, though. They. The people that live here are not killing the elders. The elders are killing themselves. Yeah. So. And they're taking them out of their misery if they don't succeed. Yeah. But it's, euthanasia, right? It's, 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 it's complicated. Because <laughs> I understand the statement I said is fucking a statement, right? Right. But again, if you're killing innocent people. No, oh, yeah, no. If I, you're within I see the what community and that's within your community and that's what you want, like the elders, that's what they want, then totally fine. Yeah. Right. But like. They bring people that are every ninety years outsiders, yeah, totally. not knowing what they're getting themselves into, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they they definitely obviously breed most outsiders there to have sex with their women, yeah. And 
Not only that, but like you, you're manipulating people and holding them against their will. Like I'm thinking about Simon and Connie specifically, like mm-hmm. that they try to leave on their own will and they're like, nope, yep, you can't. Nope. You saw too much. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just at, at that point, it's just like, you probably could have left before we did this, but Ugh. you saw it happen yeah. and we know it upset you. We know you're going to tell somebody. Yeah. Therefore, right. you're not leaving now. That's, that's why well, I feel like very early on they introduced their newcomers to drugs. And yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a party, stuff, you know? Right? Here's some shrooms. Enjoy yourself. <sighs> Meanwhile, Christian asks someone sitting next to him what's happening. The man just collapsed, disorienting Christian even further. Those spirals. <laughs> I gotta say, Christian, uh, I mean, Jack Rayner's acting mm-hmm. here is amazing. Oh, like, he he seems so vulnerable. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. He, he makes you feel pity for him. Yeah, totally. They raise a toast to their new May Queen, drinking in her honor. One woman excitedly asking that she is their family now. Christian, still looking fucked up, stares at, over at, at Maya. Um, I think it's Maya. Anyway, um, he he gets up from the table, motioning him to follow her. He watches as she walks ar- walks around and away from the table. Danny, Danny noticing him watching Maya, um, Siv, st- Siv stands up, sharing the tradition for their May Queen to bless their crops and livestock. She offers her to, she offers her to stand. Danny standing, asking if Christian can come with her. She tells Danny no, and that she must go alone. Hannah hands her a torch, walking her to a carriage. Danny rides off in the carriage with the women steering for her. Christian is left behind, watching another woman place floral petals on the ground for him to follow. The rest of the villagers watching him, they take Danny to an area uh, where they place seeds, meat, and and an cracked egg inside of a hole before burying it. Hannah tr- um, tells Danny to repeat after her and she sings in Swedish for her to repeat. Back with Christian, now changed and looking absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he has to breathe in a substance for his vitality. A man with an interesting hat slash mask opens the door where um, Maya is, is on the floor surrounded by a group of naked women humming as they sway back and forth. He goes inside the room. Maya spreading her his excuse me. Maya spreading her legs for him. One of the one of the women goes over to him, removing his robe. Meanwhile, Danny's ceremony continues. Christian is now over Maya. Um, both of them nervous. He kisses her, then penetrates her. The women slowly moving closer towards them. She reaches out to to the woman. Um, she takes her hand, singing singing to her, startling Christian in the process. He's weirded out, stopping his act, the woman touching his face, singing to him now. He continues, He continues. the woman all vocalizing and copying her moans as they caress their breast. Now, this is fascinating. <laughs> now, I watched when I watched this in theaters the first yeah. time, very immature crowd that I had. Everyone's oh, okay. laughing, everyone's cracking jokes, yada, yada, yada. Second, second group, everyone's quiet. Dead silent. No one's saying a word. And in this moment, I've always thought when I, every time I watch the scene, I was like, why does this scene make me so uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And the reason why this is technically a rape scene for Christian. Christian. Yes. I agree yes. with you. That's okay. I'm glad we're on yes. the same page. Yeah. This is technically a rape scene. And yes. I've always wondered why I was like this scene makes me so uncomfortable, yep. so entire, incredibly yeah. uncomfortable. And that makes sense because all rape scenes make me uncomfortable, but I didn't know why this one made me uncomfortable until I put two and two together. It's like, he's being raped. Yeah. 
And it's it's he was drugged yeah. to have sex. Yep. Right. And for vitality, it was to get him hard. Yep. I was gonna mention that earlier. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, um. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And like, I couldn't have said it better. Like, it, it, it's, it's in Christian's facial reactions. Like, he's very confused. Yeah. He's kind of out of control. Like, of what's going on. He he has moments where he's, he's like looking around. He's like, wait, what the fuck is happening? And yeah. It, it's it's very interesting because I'm sure this thing could be spoken to at length. From very different perspectives, many different perspectives, but right. yeah, I I think I think you can't you can't disagree with this being a rape scene, and it's yeah. interesting, right? Because like some may argue that he walks up, he kisses her, he penetrates her, but at the same time, like he was drugged, right? Um, and yeah, it, it is what it is, yeah. right? Exactly. It's, yeah. Danny is back from her blessing of the land, and um, Hannah tells her that they should go to Siv's us. Uh, excuse me, Siv's house for a blessing. Danny overhears the, uh, the vocalizing women asking what that is. Um, Hannah shares that this is not for them. <laughs> Danny is about to head over, but um, Hannah stops her, telling her that you shouldn't. Danny does so anyway. She takes off her crown, hesitantly looking inside the keyhole as um, at Christian and the women. She gags and sobs, throwing up, wailing. The women um, help her up and assist her back into the other house. They lie Danny down as she hyperventilates. She moves off the bed, and the women try to calm her calm her um, by breathing um, calm her breathing down excuse me they all match pitch as they exclaim until they wail together legit this is childbirth yeah like 100% this is it yeah like the whole like all that shit happens and I was just like this is midsummer like, <laughs> oh my god uh, we are back with Christian as a, as a woman f- uh, forces him to thrust faster Maya bringing, bringing his attention back to her, telling him to finish. Um, they all stop vocalizing. Maya rocking back and forth, um, saying that she can feel the baby inside of her. Christian frantically gets up, running out of the temple naked, trying to avoid the oncoming um, people. I didn't even mention that. Uh, oh, no, I did. Never mind. Um, he runs over towards, the, towards another area, noticing Josh's foot sticking out of the ground with a rune branded on the bottom of his soul. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell. So I thought that was Josh's foot too. But then later on, I don't know, maybe later on, I, I we see Josh's body mm-hmm. and I checked his feet. He had two feet. I just I just think it was a, a ritual thing. Got I think it. he was just, his body was just completely buried that way. Oh, got it. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I don't know who else is, is black maybe there. Maybe Simon? No, we but see Simon. Oh, yeah, you do yeah. see him. Okay, yeah. You're right, we're about right. to see him right now. He runs over to the chicken coop, hiding away, but notices Simon strewn above, his lungs pulled out um, out of his back like wings and flowers wrapped around his whole body. Oh my God, Christian moves so closer, hard. noticing that Simon is actually still alive. So I was wondering what was pulsating. Yeah. No He's breathing. <laughs> How? He's breathing. But the chicken's eating him. Yeah. Ugh. There's a lot. There's a lot in this movie. There's so like, much happening. Yo. How's that even possible? I don't know. They made it possible. It like, probably isn't. They made it <laughs> It probably so, okay, isn't, but they yeah, made it possible. You see its flesh pulsating, the part that's cut up. What Do you, do we know what that is? What? The, the, on his back? Yeah. That's his lungs. Holy shit. Yeah. That, and that's why we're like, that's he's huge breathing. Though. Well, yeah, man. Like, yeah. I two mean, lungs, like, yeah, guess, and yeah. your lungs I, are pretty big. Though. I didn't realize they're not, that they're not that small. 
those were his lungs. I was like, what did they put? Oh, God. Yeah. I'm not hungry anymore. I'm still hungry. Uh, he moves pancakes. underneath him, or excuse me, um, Ula oh. wakes Christian, oh, excuse me, he moves underneath him, flowers in his eyes, a man blows dust in his face, paralyzing him um, as they shut his eyes. Pocket sand. Uh, Ula wakes uh, Christian, <laughs> Ula wakes Christian up, um, he opens He opens his eyes, as she tells him that he can't speak or move before falling back in line with the rest of her commune. It's so haunting how she says this. Yeah. She's like, she's like, you can't speak, you can't move. Okay, good. And then she goes back in line. (laughs) The trip is of how calm they are about all this and like going about all of it when it happens every 90 years. Exactly. They're getting 90 more years of vitality for their little commune here. Siv begins another ceremony for surrounding nine lives. Danny uh, sits on the stage with pure sadness as Siv talks about their sacrifice. Arnie uh, chimes in for the ceremony, showcasing that they already have two dedicated that are um, dead on branches, which I think are... I don't know who these two people are. So I assume that these people who were dead on branches were previous people who came in to be sacrificed. You mean previously, like while the, through the process of this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Just a different group. Just a different group. Okay. Cause I, I, I was trying to like really pinpoint like who these people were. And yeah. I was like, I can't really, I don't know if I've seen their face, but so are, are two of the bodies? No, the elders were, burned to ashes yep elders aren't there yeah yeah elders were burned oh yeah totally then yeah um and for two who have volunteered ingmar and ulf he congratulates them including pele for bringing new blood and their may queen they pull a runic ball calling for one of their own and christian arnie um arnie speaks to danny patiently waiting for her verdict she looks at christian with quivering lips as he looks at her paralyzed she begins to cry. They are pre- uh, prepping for the ceremony, moving more to, uh, more of the dead towards the yellow s- sacred building. Inside, they place the bodies, sitting them up against the wall. Um, in, uh, inside the workshop, the, they prep the bear, removing the intestines to put Christian inside. They place him inside, directly in the middle, as he as one prays, quote, Mighty and dreadful beast, with you we purge our most unholy effects. We banish you now to the deep his recesses where you may reflect on your wickedness so he's supposed christian in the bear suit is supposed to be that demon that yeah. or that dark entity that came and like yes as he it. is yep they go up to the to the volunteers for giving them an agent to feel no pain they come into the into the room with torches sharply inhaling and exhaling um, um before lighting it on fire <sighs> They leave out of the building, Danny watching from afar as the rest chant behind her. The building burns, catching everyone it touches on fire. And damn, the two homeboys who like are chilling yeah. and they start screaming oh, in pain. Oh my God. The rest of the commune scream and rise as they all burn as they hear their comrades screaming. Danny also wailing and coughing with her slug-like ga- queen gown on yeah. as she tries to walk away. She looks back at, the, at all the villagers going nuts in excitement. Danny staring back at the burning building then smiling at her cathartic journey of finally having a family again <sighs> then credits oh haunting boy. what a fucking movie what a ride love it it's, it's love one it. of those things where like at the very end i put here it's like florence Pugh deserved to be nominated Midsommar deserved to be nominated damn that bear suit looked good 
Hereditary <laughs> also notes. deserved it as but well. I was like, this is a very cathartic movie, kind of like what we were talking about, because it's all about like depression, anxiety, loss, grief, a bunch of different types of emotions that we kind of go through this entire journey with Danny. And she smiles at the very end. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes coincides with like the community always having that same emotional range with her. Um, as she finds out that Christian's cheating, she has that panic episode and they join her in it. It's like, as you're she, not alone. As you're she not alone with Christian's it. cheating. Yeah. It's like, you're not alone in this. We are going to feel the same pain that you have. And then she kind of looks up and sees them cry with her. And she takes all of that like sadness and angry side of herself out of it too and towards the very end i put like they all released their crying yelling anger it's an emotional release sacrifice of letting go and finding peace of yep. what they're doing absolutely and that's exactly what she needed to do it's like a little bit of a closure of like ending that relationship seeing her negative side that always kept her held as uh, her friend said uh being let go yeah and then smiling absolutely. and having a, a place for her own some people who support her and then letting go of her negative side mm-hmm yeah, bro. Beautifully said. I was just like, she's yes. negative. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking killed Christian. Like, <laughs> to me, it's like, damn, bro. Like, uh, I get it. You thought homeboy cheated on you, but imagine like picking him to die. I think that's I mean, insane. Te- to me. Everything te- she didn't pick him to die. I thought she, so I had thought that she, she got to pick. Yeah, it was. Well, she, she got to pick, but she didn't. She didn't say anything. But she just cried. Oh, pick. I thought it was insinuated that she yeah. chose him, and like the right. leading up point was that she was emotional because she was about to pick him to die. Yeah, but and I think the the whole the whole thing of her picking him um, doesn't necessarily correlate with her feelings of how she felt with him. Right. I think it's more so the fact that she felt now free, right, without him, and oh, now she. So you think she's just. Diving into the deep end because she has this like family. I, that... I wouldn't even say dive into the deep end. I just think it's more so back what Pella said. Do you feel? Do you feel like he's family to you? Yeah. Like like do you feel home with him? And she feels home there now. Yeah. And like 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 she. So what I'm saying is like if she's gonna have to pick someone to die, right? She's not gonna choose her family anymore. Okay. All right. That's, so, like, yeah. <laughs> now that villager is now her family. Yeah. It's right? just so crazy to see this character go from like where they started off at and where they ended. Right? Yeah. Right. I'm sure that's why a lot of people enjoy this film too. Yeah. And um, I love the Queen use Catharsis. of colors in this as well. Yellow being one of the main ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like looking up, like, oh, what does yellow mean in the film? Let's, let's save it for the post show. Okay. Let's save it for the post show because okay. we're, we're, we're coming close to time because I want I to get uh, to the movie facts really quick. But I got movie, movie facts for us here. Movie, movie facts. The film was originally given an NC 17 by the MPAA. According to Ari Aster, around wow. 30 minutes was cut from the final film, mainly due to content. The director's cut released shortly after its theatrical runs, uh, run restores this footage, which we have nighttime scenes um, instead of just the one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, what what is in that 30 minutes? Yeah. Uh, most of the Swedish dialogue spoken by the Hargan natives is deliberately not subtitled in order to create a sense of isolation for the audience and especially for the foreign visitors. Good move. Super smart. Uh, when the film was released in Sweden, rather than um, eliciting fear in the audience, many people laughed. Many Swedish critics praised the film as an excellent black comedy. 
which Astor actually even claims to be a black comedy as well. Mark displays an extreme phobia of ticks, which is based on Ari Aster's real-life fear of bugs and illness. Like Mark, Astor wore two pairs of socks over his jeans to ensure he would uh, not receive bug bites. I noticed that throughout the film. Yeah, it was like over his pants leg. Um, Despite the Swedish setting, the film is, is mostly shot in Hungary. Huh. Really? That's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny because throughout the film, I was constantly thinking, huh, I thought it'd be a lot more green over there. Yeah. Uh, the practice of the um, Asta Stupa um, is effectively a myth. As depicted, the elderly were expected to sacrifice for a good of the village, maintaining efficiency. However, the original source of the story is a, is a 13th century Icelandic account of the Gotrik saga and supposed the um, the Atestupas in Norway and Scandinavia have all been proven to have uh, been only referred to as such by 18th and 19th century historians with no prior references to any such practices saved by the Gotrik's uh, saga. Most serious historians consider the story a reflection of the Icelandic me- medieval tradition of depicting Swedes as, bar- bar- as barbaric on account of them converting to Christianity a century later than Iceland. Interesting. That is very interesting. Super interesting. Um, uh, let's let's do two more. Uh, William Jackson Harper is the only American actor in the film. Jack Rayner, all, although born in Colorado, is Irish. Florence Pugh is English, and Will Porter is also English. All other supporting actors are either Swedish, British, or Hungarian. Damn. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the fifth A24 film to be released nationwide um, without, a plat- without a platform release prior. The others were The Witch, Free Fire, It Comes at Night, and Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> but goddamn midsummer what a fucking movie it's beautiful it is i will agree but let us know what you think over on twitter at nightlight underscore pod we ran a little bit over but hey it's midsummer. <laughs> it was midsummer you know we had to <laughs> but let us know um what you think of midsummer we definitely want to keep the conversation going over on twitter but next month it's back to school baby gotta get things oh, yeah. going so we are going to start things off with Smells Like Teen Spirits. Oh, that's I love fun. it. Starting with The Faculty. Fucking stoked to watch this again. <laughs> oh, but this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. That was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me, we had David. Stay spooky, everyone. Stay in spooky. Also known as Nightly. Other in there, we have Freddy. Always keeping it spooky. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. Our efforts to get the show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's night with a what? By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the to uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad free and as early as Monday with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. But remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlife.